0: All right, church, uh, we are in Ephesians today and we are going to hit on a weighty subject, the subject of submission, Hmm submitting to one another, subordinating ourselves <laughs> to lowering ourselves in favor of our brother and sister. Tough subjects. So we're looking at Ephesians 5, verse 21. If you remember, we, were, we have been studying. Being continually filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Paul tells Ephesians to continually be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we looked at that filling of the Holy Spirit, or the result of continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, will lead the believer to doing one thing: singing songs in their heart unto the Lord, to our brothers and sisters, encouragement. We also seen that being filled with the holy spirit will lead a believer to being thankful to god in the name of our lord jesus christ to the father for all things we see that that's that's the result or that's the work of the holy spirit when he's constantly working in you and filling filling you 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 just be, you become more thankful as a person And then on today, we'll see that that continual filling of the Holy Spirit will show itself in us being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Verse 21 of Ephesians 5, 21. So let me just read those verses for you real quick from Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to start in verse 17. Paul tells these Ephesians, so then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ be subject, submission, submit, come under one another in the fear of Christ. So that is what we'll be looking at today, the believer's role in submitting to each other, to the church. And I want to start off by looking at this verse in um, Galatians Fees, Philippians, Colossians. and uh, Colossians, I just want to read a verse to you. Before we go back there in Ephesians 5, but in Colossians chapter one, verse nine through 10, the apostle Paul, he's, he's praying for the Colossians, right? He's starting off his letter and he's praying for the Colossians. And one of the things that the apostle prays for the Colossians or what he's, what he's praying about to the father, he's praying that the Colossians would walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord Jesus so that is one of his first prayers you find in Colossians verse 9 and 10 verse 10 in particular he prays that the Colossians would walk in a manner worthy of the Lord and then he prays that they might please him the Lord in all respect bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God so that is that is Paul's prayer for these Colossians. It's not Ephesians. This is Colossians. I'm just pivoting back to Ephesians. But Paul is making this prayer to the Colossians, praying that they would walk. They're, he's praying to the Father that these Colossians would walk, live their lives in a manner that is that is uh, worthy of Christ and that is pleasing to Christ. And then he says, producing fruit, good works, bearing fruit in every good work. Now, there are many good works that we can do as Christians, right? There's many good things or good works that we can do. But today, as we study Ephesians five twenty one, today, that good work, is submission, to be subject to, to subordinate ourselves, to yield ourselves to our brothers and sisters in Christ. That too, believer, your subjection, your submission to your brothers and sisters in Christ, that too is a good work. That is in accordance with the will of God and it shows honor to God. It is pleasing to God. So when we talk about good works, we think of oftentimes feeding people and helping people. Yes, that is good. But also this area of subjecting yourself, subordinating yourself, yielding yourself in favor of your brother or sister, you know, in particular matters. That is also a good work that is pleasing to Christ that shows honor to Christ and is in accordance with the will of God so now back to our, our main text in Ephesians 5 let me get back there Paul is commanding these Ephesians to be continually filled With the Holy Spirit, we looked at and we seen how the result of being filled with the Holy Spirit will lead the believer to being subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Now let's talk about this thing, submission, right? Because I said it's a hard word, right? Paul says that we should be subject, subject to one another to subjugate ourselves, to lower ourselves in favor of our brother. So we should submit ourselves to one another. But now let's talk about this word submission because it's a tough word, right? See, it, it's a tough word because we as a human race, we don't like submitting to nobody, right? We, we don't like submitting to our parents if we're kids at work we don't like submitting on our jobs if our if our boss asks us to do a task that we really don't want to do we may politely say yes because we don't want to get fired but inside we are fuming inside we are hotter than fish grease we're we're just bothered because we do not like being told what to do. We do not like submitting to somebody else's authority. And Not only do we not like submitting to someone else's authority at work, like I said, when it comes to school, teachers give us assignments. We don't want to do them but we know we need the grade, so we're going to submit to whatever thing they're telling us to do. We're going to lower ourselves and go on to what that teacher is telling us to do. But in reality we just don't like it. We don't like people telling us what to do in our politics. We don't like Oftentimes what government telling us to do. Right. We don't like them telling us this and, and, and taking away freedoms or this, this and that. Like we, we just don't like that. We don't like submitting. We don't like being subject to. We like speaking our mind. We like doing things our way. And that is just really that's just the human nature of us. That is just the, the way of the world. And I'm sure even in in business, for example, there have been many successful businesses and corporations, guess what, that have never reached their full potential. Why? Because the leaders were insistent on doing things their way and nobody was willing to submit to the next. Submission, lowering ourselves, coming under somebody else, that is not a natural thing. That's not something we naturally like to do. You can even move to, to, to the sports world. I, I think about the, the NBA and the Lakers dynasty of the 2000s with Shaq and Kobe. I hope you guys are familiar with basketball. So Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, we're familiar with those two players, right? Great basketball players, Kobe just passed away. But Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, they were part of the Lakers dynasty of the early 2000s. And they won a lot of championships, but guess what? They could have actually won more championships. But the problem is the two leaders, Shaq and Kobe, they didn't want to submit to one another. Shaq thought it was his team. Kobe thought it was my team. And because of that, they weren't able to win as many championships as they could. Why? Because no one was willing to humble themselves. No one was willing to submit under the other. They were all thinking about doing things their own way, their own way. Now that may have, may have been for Shaq and Kobe with the Lakers or even in the world. But guess what? On team Jesus Amen. <laughs> and team church, It can't be that way amongst the saints, not amongst the saints. See, amongst the saints, there must be a spirit of unity amongst the saints. Amongst the saints, there must be a spirit of humility and mutual submission to one another. Why should that be amongst the saints? Why should it not be so that we act like the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe, but that that there is this spirit of unity and humility and mutual submission? Because, Our mission is clear our purpose is clear. Our mission is not our own championship. Our mission is the glory of God and his Lord Jesus Christ. That is our mission. See, Shaq and kobe they had their own goals. They were trying to build a name for themselves. They had their own platform that they were chasing after, but with the believers, that is not so. See, Shaq and kobe they took their eyes off of the goal, which was a championship, and they focused on their own individual achievements, but not so with the saints or G of Jesus Christ. We are called to be different. Why? Because our mission is different. Our mission is not out building our own kingdom. Our mission is not, again, making a, a famous name for ourselves. Our mission is the glory of God. So as Christians, we are called to be different. And so the Apostle tells these Ephesians to submit to one another through the continual filling of the Holy Spirit. He tells them to submit to one another. Now, we say submission, yes, we push back and say, yeah, I don't like it, it's rough. But you have to think about this word, be subject to one another, here in Ephesians 5.21, in the context of the early church in the first century. To submit and be subject to one another, it's a a lot different in an early church first century context. Think about this. Imagine if you were a Jewish person. Imagine if you were a Jewish person in the early church. And your whole life you tried as best you can to stay away from all Gentiles, right? Right? Imagine you you were a strict Orthodox Jewish person and you spent your whole life trying to, you stayed away from Gentiles. You didn't talk to them. They really didn't talk to to you. You didn't invite them to the barbecue. They didn't invite you to the barbecue. They're not getting a plate. You, You just kept your distance. And now you, this Jewish person, find yourself a part of this church that is now filled with Gentiles. And you're being asked to subject yourself to them. To have this mutual submission and to be like to come up under them, you see, that's what I'm saying. You you got to go back to this first-century context. That was not an easy task. Think about this, in, in Acts 6, 7, the scripture states that many of the priests were coming obedient to the faith. So imagine you were a priest in Israel. You come from the line of Levi and Aaron. You are a leader in Israel. You have kept the law to a T. You, you don't go around things that are unclean. You don't touch things that are unclean. You, you don't mess with, with Gentiles. You Again, you, you live out the law of Moses to a T. Not only that, you, you, you followed all of the rabbinic interpretations and, and and traditions. You, I mean, you kept the law. You were a Jew of Jew. You were Hebrew of Hebrews. And now you as a priest could potentially find yourself in uh, being subject to a Gentile elder. See, that's something you, you really got to think about how this was received amongst the church. Or even think about the classism in the first century. In the first century, there was a lot of, there was, um. what's the term I'm looking for? Uh um oh my goodness not gentrified uh i can't think of it now it's a term where you have different classes um poor medium Spec. uh i can't think of the term i'm thinking about but there was just a there was a large gulf between the ultra like the wealthy and the lower class like in our Country, we have. It's not the half. uh, Stratified. That's the word I'm looking for. There we go. Stratified. So stratified. When it comes to like societies where you have different classes of people, right? In the U.S., we have the ultra rich. We have the rich. We have a nice, healthy middle class, and then you have the lower class, right? back in this ancient world it was extremely stratified where you would have yes the wealthy but then most of the people were poor so there's really only two classes so it was extremely stratified in that regard where you just had the wealthy and then you had the poor so imagine if you're a wealthy gentile or you're a wealthy jewish person and now you find yourself being subject or coming under or called to come under and think about the poor and the lower class maybe that person that you're called to come under is a poor gentile who's happens to be your elder or deacon you got to see the turmoil how it just wasn't easy to just submit yourself i'm trying to bring you to this this first century context of of how it may have been really difficult for just people to come and submit to one another just think about for example in Luke's heaven where when Jesus is invited to the house of Simon a Pharisee with the woman of sin you remember that passage and do you remember Simon his perspective on the woman of sin that he didn't even think that she was worthy enough to wash his feet. He had a problem saying if Jesus even knew who this woman who was touching him, who was washing his feet, if he was really a prophet, he would know that this woman is a woman of sin and she's touching his feet. So he didn't even believe that this woman of sin was even worthy enough to wash his feet. So imagine if that Pharisee somehow came to Christ and this woman of sin, and they found themselves in the same church and now they're called to have mutual submission to one another. see the tension there that may be and i know what you're thinking right i know what you're thinking i know we're thinking the sunday school answer i know we're thinking about the sunday school answer you know what the sunday school answer is and i know the sunday school answer and i still believe in the sunday school answer the sunday school answer is this It doesn't matter your culture. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic background. As long as we have Christ in common, that is enough. And that is true. And I still believe the Sunday school answer but the challenge in that is us keeping christ at the center when the forces of culture and ethnicity and christian tradition and socioeconomic background pull so strong yes i get ideally christ should be enough but we feel the forces of of, again of culture and tradition ethnicity i know it personally i always tell you guys coming here I felt the pull. I I felt the challenge of trying to just keep Christ at the center to make him the the main thing when I feel my my culture and I feel my Christian tradition trying to push me another way. See, that's the hard part in all of this because it's just Keeping Christ at the center and and willing to say Jesus is the most thing that matters. So it doesn't matter where you're from because you're my brother and sister in Christ. I'm willing to submit myself to you for your good, and and you're willing to lower yourself in favor of me for for my good. It doesn't matter my background. It doesn't matter what I've done. It it doesn't matter my history. It's just Jesus at the center, and and that it is so true. But it is a challenge. To do that, it's a challenge to keep Jesus at the center and to follow this commandment of mutual submission. And if you don't believe me, just ask Peter. Just, just, just ask the apostle Peter, he'll tell you all about it. Just, just read Galatians chapter two, verse 12 to 13, when Peter was acting discriminatory towards Gentiles when certain Jews came around. Why did he do that? Because he and the community that he has been a part of his whole life, this is what you did. You, you, you didn't you didn't mess with gentiles. And so when these other Jews came around in Galatians, he felt a little funny. Or you can even ask uh the Hellenistic Jews of Acts chapter 6 who were being neglected in the daily distribution of food. The Hebrew the uh Hebrew widows widows they weren't being neglected. Why? Because they were considered to be the real Jews. But the Hellenistic Jews who 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 took on Greek culture, who took on Greek lifestyle, they were not considered to be the real Jews. And so when it came to food, they were being neglected. Hey, but I thought we were all in Christ, right? But I thought, hold on, I thought we all believed in Jesus, but we all are, are, are believing in the Savior. I thought we all were getting salvation from Jesus. No, that was not the case in the early church. They were neglecting the Hellenistic widows. Again, I'm trying to show you the tension here. And why the sentence who answer is hard, why this mutual submission is hard when you have all of these factors that are in our way and that are pushing us different ways. See, this submission thing that Paul is calling these Ephesians to, it is a hard task and it can get very, very messy. Which is why Paul it's exhorting these Ephesians to be subject to one another. Paul is not assuming that just because they're Christians, just because they're saved, that they're all gonna now begin to submit to one another. He doesn't assume, assume that. No, what is he doing? In Ephesians 5:21? 21, he's using his authority as an apostle, as a servant of the Lord, to push and encourage and instruct the Ephesians in this area of submission. He doesn't assume it's just gonna happen, because it doesn't just happen. We have all of these other forces, but we have to fight to keep Christ at the center so we can lift out this thing of mutual submission, thinking about the needs of my brothers and sisters more than myself and vice versa. See, this thing gets messy. And so Paul in 521 is exhorting these Ephesians by commandment saying, you need to do this, believers. You need to subject yourself to one another in the fear of Christ. So not only is the apostle using his authority as an apostle to instruct and command that these Ephesians live out this by submitting to one another, he also ties this submission with what? The filling of the Holy Spirit. He says to continue to be filled with the spirit And as a result of continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, then we will live out this thing of being subject to one another. So he, he connects it to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because naturally, think about this, naturally, you're not going to find people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different cultures, different socioeconomic backgrounds, strong political beliefs, all submitting to one another in love. It's not naturally going to happen. You can't find no place where that's going to happen, where all these people from all these different walks of life, all these different views are just going to come together and mutually submit to one another in love. It naturally does not happen for people to take this humble attitude and love to lower myself in favor of my brother or sister is going to take a work of God. It is going to take the Holy Spirit. So Paul says continually allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. Why? Because without the Holy Spirit, you ain't submitting and subjecting yourself to nobody, at least not in love. You may do it for your own selfish game like we do at work because we have a job and we want to pay, but you're not going to be doing this thing in love. You're not going to be submitting from the bowels of your heart, really meaning it and really loving your brother and sister who you're now lowering yourself to in favor of them and their needs. No, you're not going to do that. You're not going to yield to your brother or sister. That's not naturally going to happen. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying, Continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do this work. Let the Holy Spirit bring you and produce this servant heart of submission inside of you. See, only the Holy Spirit can go and produce that servant heart of submission in a person. The doctor can't prescribe it. The psychologist can't do it. Higher education can't do it. The government can't do it. Only the Holy Spirit could go inside of a person and continually work in a person and cleanse us and renew us to where we begin to take on the serving heart of submission. So Paul says, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is gonna do it. If, you, if you're struggling in this area and you just can't stand submitting and, and it's just a tough thing for you, pray and ask God, Holy Spirit, go take a hold of me, Lord. Holy Spirit, I want to live this thing out, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come over me. Holy Spirit, humble me, lower me, bring me down where I can live out your commandments because I know is good, righteous, and true. Whatever you say, I know is good, righteous, and true. And Holy Spirit, I'm having a problem in this area. so So Lord God, will you come? Will you begin to wash me? Will you cleanse me? Will you help me to lower myself and to think about the needs of my brother and sister more than myself? Will you help me take on this servant heart? of mutual submission. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe again this is the the, the crux of the matter. I think this is the heart of what Paul is getting at when he says to submit to one another. He's talking about taking on this servant heart of submission to one another. Not so. Yes, there's times where he's talking about hierarchy, where the church has to submit to the elders and the teaching. Yes, that is also true. That's a form of submission. But here in Ephesians 5, 21, Paul is talking about the church as a whole and, 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 and exhorting all of us to take on this, this servant heart of submission to one another. And you can even you can see the spirit of the same teaching and its instruction to his disciples in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25. Uh, turn with me there. I want to show you what I mean. How You can see the same spirit, this servant heart that Paul is trying to push into the church of Ephesians in Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 20. So turn with me here. And after chapter, chapter 20, verse 25 to 28, just, we'll go there. Just a little context here. So this is the verse where you have the sons of Zebedee, the mother, and she wants her kids, her, her boys to be great and, and all of that. And so they're talking about who's going to be great in the kingdom of God and, and how this is going to look, this and that. And, and Jesus goes in 25 and he says this, but Jesus called them to himself, talking about his disciples, and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentile, they lorded over them and their great men exercise authority, so when you're lording something over you're calling other people to submit to you you're the lord you're the master they're now lowering themselves towards you and he says he says that um, the Gentiles they're rulers, they lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them so the the great people they they give shots nobody is um, they're not submitting to anyone it's the opposite way people are submitting to them. But then what does Jesus say here in 26? And it's not this way among you, but whoever wishes to become great among you shall be what? Your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So what is Jesus showing? us? He shows us that in the world, in the Roman world, the great people, guess what? They have people submit to them. They serve them. They call shouts, they exercise authority, but but not so in God's kingdom, not on this side. On this side, guess what? It's the opposite. You serve. It's not people coming under you, but now you are the one that's called to serve. You are the one that's called to be subject to. You are the one who's called to lower yourself. If if you want to be great, this is how it looks in my kingdom. Do you see the servant heart here that I'm talking about? in Matthew that you also see in Paul with the Ephesians that we are the ones not in the kingdom of God it is a little bit different on Jesus' side we are the ones who lower we are the ones who are lowering ourselves for the sake of the next person for others particularly our brothers and sisters in the faith and Jesus did not only just teach this thing and talk this thing but as my brother Antoine would say he also lived this thing out Right? He didn't just tell his disciples, no, you serve, you lower yourself, but he actually lived this out. And how do we know this? Well, we heard Pastor Brian preaching on Philippians chapter 2, verse 7, which says that this about Jesus. Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, to be held on to, to grab and say, this is mine. I'm not giving it up. But the scripture says that Jesus emptied himself. And what did he do? He took on the form or taken on the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeliness of man. So think about that. Our Lord, God in the flesh, eternal existence, maker of heaven and earth. Comes to earth and takes on what? The servant role. Subjects himself to. Takes on the servant role. He subjects himself to what? Earthly parents? Remember in, in Luke chapter 2 when his mom, they, they, they're making that pilgrimage up to uh, Jerusalem? And they're they're headed back home and they're looking for Jesus and they're like, where's Jesus at? And where we find Jesus? Jesus is in the temple. He's having discussions and his mom finds him and she's like, Jesus, what's going on? He's like, I had to be in my father's house. And if you read that verse in Luke 2.51, it says that he subjected himself to his parents as they went back to his hometown. So Jesus being God, being Lord in the flesh, he even subjected himself in that regard to earthly parents he lowered himself not only did he lower himself or subject himself to his parents in the earthly realm but also he subjected himself to Roman rule and authority even paying taxes in Matthew 17 27 remember where he has Peter go get the the, the, the the payments out of the fish's mouth right so he can pay the taxes for him right so he even lowers himself and subjects himself to Roman rule and authority this is God in the flesh he could have said, I'm not paying no taxes. I, I made the world, Rome, that you declared. I created all things. I, I made this earth. I made the moon the stars, and the stars in the sky. He, he could have just begun stunting on them and just claiming all the stuff that he did, but he doesn't do that. He, he lures himself so not to offend, and he goes ahead and pays the little taxes. So he submits and subjects himself to the Roman authority and, and Roman government. So we see that in our Lord and Savior Jesus, willing to subject themselves. Who are we not? If our Lord does it, who are we not? And you can move from Jesus you can look at the elders in the early church, how when a decision was made, all of the elders would submit to that decision, that rule. For example, in Acts 15, when there was a discussion on the question of the Gentiles being circumcised, you remember that? The Jerusalem Council and, and James and Peter stood up and they gave a, made a decision and the whole body, the church, the elders, they all submitted to that rule and authority and they passed it on to the church. So we see this spirit of submission happening just right there in the teaching of the church and how the church is now coming under the authority of the apostles when they spoke on a matter. This spirit is of humility, of humbleness, of coming under someone and not claiming your rights. We see that all throughout the church. And you can again, you can consider Acts chapter six again where the deacons were given the assignment to feed the body of Christ. Were they were given that assignment to help the widows, after when they, when the, the new deacons were installed in Acts chapter six to feed the widows, it said that the church ended up growing and just prospering. When everybody submitted to the rule of the deacons versus neglecting the widows who were being uh, missed in the food offering. The point I bring is that the spirit of submission and subjecting yourself to, we find it all throughout the early church. It's a part of our history. That we lower ourselves and subject ourselves in favor of our brothers and our sisters where we're not always thinking about ourselves. And let me not forget the greatest example that we can find or one of the greatest examples of submission in the church. And that is with the Macedonians in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I always go to this passage, so I'm going to go there again just to show you their humble, submissive attitude. So go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm going to show you verse 3 to 5 here. We looked at Jesus subjecting himself to. We looked at the church as a whole when it comes to the decisions of the elders. We looked at how when the decision was made on the deacons who would distribute food, how the church came under that leadership. And now I want you to show you a great example of servitude, of submission in the Macedonians. So let me get there to second Corinthians chapter eight. I love this passage. verse 3-5, this is where Paul is collecting offering from the Macedonians who want to support the church in Jerusalem. And look what he says here. He's writing to the Corinthians and he's telling them about the church in Macedonia. He says this. I'm going to start in verse 1 and come down. He says, Now, brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in great ordeal of affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty, just always stop there, because some there's teachings that when you become Christian in some places that you become rich and God just wants you wealthy, not so here with the Macedonians. It didn't just say they were poor; it they said they're deep poverty, so they was broke, broke, right? So he says that in their great ordeal, um of affliction, their abundance of joy, and their deep poverty overflowed in the wealth of their liberality." So they gave a lot, even though they didn't have money. So that's the first point, even though it's not the point of this teaching, but a point there is that they were broke, they didn't have money, yet they still gave. So it's never an excuse that, oh, I'm gonna fix income or this and that. You still can give and support the body of Christ no matter what. So we, we see here that they gave despite their poverty. But then look what he says here next about these Macedonians in verse three. He says, For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, they gave of their own accord. Keep going here. Begging us with much urging for the favor of participation and the support of the search. So they're begging Paul, please let us give to our brothers in Jerusalem. And then he says this. Verse 5, and this, not as, we, not as we had expected, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. So what did they first do? He says they first gave themselves to the Lord. Then they gave themselves in submission to the apostles and elders of the church. That's what Paul is showing us here that the that the Macedonians did. They were poor, yet they gave. And he said, they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then they not not only gave themselves to the Lord, but they also gave themselves to us as apostles, as the leaders of the church, as the elders of the church. They gave themselves, they came under them and under their submission to listen and not just think about themselves, but I said, no, I'm giving myself to God and also saints, apostles, elders. Hey, i 'm coming under your leadership i 'm coming under your authority just you are a, a, a servant of god so i 'm coming i 'm submitting i'm i 'm luring myself i 'm taking on this servant role for the sake of the kingdom and so Paul said they went beyond they went beyond what we expected gave themselves to the Lord and they also gave themselves to us now the most important thing that I want you to see in what we just read is that he said that they Again, gave themselves to the Lord. He said they gave themselves to the Lord. Submitting to the Lord is the first area of submission, and even to our brothers and sisters. In order for us to to subject ourselves to our brothers and sisters, the first person you must subject yourself to is the Lord. You must understand that order it's not that i'm trying to please the pastor first and and bring myself under the pastor it's not that i'm trying to please this person over here in the church and bring myself under subjection to them first things first have i submitted myself to the lord Have I subject myself to the Lord? And when we say Lord, just think about this statement, Lord, we call Jesus the Lord. Do you understand that with this statement that you use when you say Jesus is Lord, you are saying Jesus, you are my supreme master, Jesus, you are my supreme authority, and it is you that I serve. That is what you are saying when you say Jesus is Lord. You're saying He is master over everything. He is supreme. His authority rules. I bend my knee to Him. So that is a profound statement that you're making when you say, Jesus is Lord. Or as we read in the opening text today, Jesus is my Lord. That's a profound statement, and that is the first statement you must make if you're really going to try to live out uh, Ephesians 5 21 of subjecting yourself to one another in the fear of Christ you must first make sure that you have bent the knee to Jesus he has to be first he has to be the one that you have subjected yourself to which is why it is no surprise in uh, Ephesians 5:21 that Paul grounds our submission to one another in what in Christ He doesn't just say subject yourself to one another, but he says subject yourself to one another in the fear of Christ. So he grounds our subjection to one another in reverence for Christ. Do you see that in Ephesians 5.21? That that is how he ordains or that is how he gives a commandment. Let me get back there in 5.21. 5.21. He says to be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Again, this is the key to all submission, whether in the church, whether in a marriage, whether with children to parents, whether on a job, that my attitude of servitude of submitting myself to one another is done out of reverence for Christ and his will. That has to be the driving force. If that is not the driving force, you will not live out Ephesians 5.21. Again, because you can't do it naturally without the Holy Spirit. But if you have not bent the knee to Jesus, you are not going to bend your knee to your brother or sister when it comes to their will over yours. So that is the key in all of submission is that I'm doing my submission. I'm lowering myself out of reverence for christ since christ is ordaining that i subject myself or that i become subject to my brother or sister to the mouth of his holy apostle i'm obeying out of reverence for christ that is why we subject ourselves to one another out of reverence for christ because christ is our lord right because christ is our master right because he is the one we serve because Christ has rescued us from the bondage of sin and Satan because Christ has defeated Satan on our behalf because Christ has given me right standing before God because Christ has given me the Holy Spirit because Christ has given me new life because Christ has raised me up from spiritual death because Christ came to me in the midnight hour in my sadness because Christ came to me when I was broken and down it is because of Christ it is because the hope that he gives me for tomorrow that I submit myself and to my brothers and sisters because of him it's him, it's him in the unity of his church. That is why I take this humble position. It's all Christ, it's Jesus. Paul says, submit to one another in fear of Christ. Yield yourself to your brothers and sisters in fear of Christ, not thinking about I wanna do things my way or, or this way, no, I am, I am preferring my brothers and sisters out of fear of Jesus that is why we take this humble position here it's out of reverence for Christ what if the church really took this serious Think about that. Think about that. What if the church really took Ephesians 5, 21 serious? What if believers really took that really, really serious and said, I'm going to be subject to one of my my brother and sister in fear of Christ. What if we really took on this servant heart of submission to one another? How might our churches look? Think about that. How might our churches look? If we were really serious about preserving the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace that instead of church hopping and whatever I'm for, whatever unbiblical reason that we decide to say I'm going to forfeit my will and how I want to see things done and I'm going to submit in favor of my brother or sister, what if we really did that? That's often the crux of just we're looking at the subject of church hopping, that's often the crux of the matter. There's something going on in a particular church that I don't like. It's not going my way. I don't like the way they preach. I don't like the way they sing. I don't like this over there because I don't like that. I'm taking my ball and I'm leaving. But what if we took on this attitude of subjecting ourselves to one another? Becoming subject to one another. And saying, I'm supposed to just do my will. No, I'm going to just not shout my rights, my rights, my way. But I'm actually going to lower myself. And I'm going to think about the needs of my brothers and sisters. I'm going to lower my will in, in favor of my brother and sister. What if we actually approach things like that? The church would look a lot different. See, we, we don't have to be the church or the generation of the church of the what if. We can be the generation of the right now church who takes Ephesians 5.21 serious. And takes on this humble, servant attitude of submission, of yielding. What if we did that? An example to me of just a person doing that, not thinking about th- themselves, is this, this pastor. I think I've told you this story before. It's the last example I'll give you, and then we can close out. This is Pastor I know. Well, I'll say his name. I said his name before. Pastor Washington. Um, he, he, he told this story about how, I don't know what period of time it is, but I think I want to say probably the 90s or 80s. But in the church tradition he's a part of, you dress pretty formal. So on Sundays, everybody's wearing a church um uh, i said on sundays everybody's wearing a church everybody's wearing a suit right so on sundays everybody's wearing a a suit particularly the pastor you got to be in a suit and even on off days the pastor is generally formal and so um i guess one day he was i want to say it was a church picnic even um he wore shorts it's the church picnic not in this formal attire. And I don't know if it was a lady or man, she told him, you guys may think this is petty, but just get, just understand the, the point I'm making here with willing to subject yourself to. She said, ah, man, I really don't like, like the pastor wearing shorts, right? Again, you, you gotta go with culture. Like I said, culture, tradition, formal, Passover here with shorts on, it bothered her. You know what he did? He didn't wear shorts. Because he thought it wasn't too much of a task or a request. And so for years, I know he does now, okay. But for years he's like, I didn't wear shorts. Because if it was offending my sister, and I just didn't I didn't want any offense, so I just didn't. But do you see Ephesians? Five twenty-one here. This is the pastor, and he's coming underneath this congregant who's concerned about some petty shorts. But because he's more concerned about her, that's the point. He's not thinking about himself and my rights. I'm the elder, and I preach. No, he's like I'm going to lower myself for the sake of her. That's what Paul is getting at here when he says to subject yourself to one another. It's not, I'm not just thinking about me. Thinking about how this affects my brother or sister, Imagine the whole church doing that where they are becoming subject to one another in the fear of Christ. When you're like, "No, I'm not no, you, you go. It's like you ever seen a Christian, two Christians try to walk out the door at the same time that, that really understand 5:21? "No, you go first, no, you go first, no, you go first. Or you, you ever seen a Christian in line? and "Oh no, you go, brother, no, you go, brother, no, you go." Why? They're, they're trying to serve each other. See, that's it. It's like I'm I'm always thinking about my brother and sister versus myself, and I'm lowering myself in this regard out of fear and reverence for Christ, because He's my Lord, and this is what He has ordained. So, I want to glorify Him by being subject to one another. Like that's what that's the spirit of this. And as you will see next week, today it was just laying the foundation. Next week we're going to get to, get into some heavy stuff wives submit to your husbands right Woo! right that's the official <laughs> i'm not gonna call out a facial expression i just see. <laughs> um wives submit to your husbands husbands love your wives as christ loved the church all of this has to do with submission so today we're just laying foundation so when we get next week we can really just jump right into it but you take on this attitude of being subject to one another and it bleeds over again to the relationship in the marriage it bleeds over into relationships with parents. Paul even goes to servants and masters. It, it bleeds all into that. All of these, these uh, particular relationships that he addresses all come from 521, where we're submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. And so we'll look at that next week, but we'll, we'll stop here today. Um, and we'll pick up next week in part two. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, Thank you for not just speaking to us about being subject to and yielding ourselves, Lord, but actually modeling it and showing us what it is like to think about others before ourselves, Lord. We know we can't do this without your Holy Spirit. So we ask that you just continue to pour, pour, Renew, make new inside of us, God, so we can live out this verse, God, and reverence in fear of you for your glory, for your name. Heavenly Father, let us be the church of right now, not what if. Help us to live this out right now, God. We bless your name. Amen.